Hi, everybody. We are back at Dorothy's Place, and I have two guests today. And one of them is my good friend, Joe Waters of Capita.org. Joe, how you doing? Good. Good to see you, Elias. Yeah, we have something interesting today. We have a book coming out from Solidarity Hall that has a special kind of origin and a story behind it. And I'd like my friend Joe to tell the world, where did this book come from? What is this about? Well, for, for many years now, I have been somewhat fascinated by the figure of Giorgio Lapira, who was mayor of Florence in the 1950s and 60s, and a key figure in the international peace movement around the Vietnam War and, and so forth. And uh, I had stumbled across a website that had his writings translated into English, many of his writings translated into English, but there was no English language biography that I could find. And so in the midst of the earliest days of the COVID lockdowns, when I was looking for things to do, I emailed the postulator general of the Dominicans. Lapira was a third order Dominican and they put me in touch with Mario who joins us today uh, to explore the possibility and the feasibility of uh, bringing a biography of Lapira into English. And so we're very close to that. Uh, we're very close to having that biography printed here in the United States with Solidarity Hall and very excited by it. Great, great. As readers may have detected, this is a somewhat inside Catholic conversation, or you might think so, but hang on, it gets more interesting because this is actually about uh, European history, a fascinating figure in European history, uh, much better known obviously on the continent than over here, but someone that really needs to be rediscovered in a way. Um, so there is now a foundation um, working to preserve the memory of Giorgio Lapira, mayor of Florence, Italy, in the uh, late 1950s and early 60s. And the, the president of that foundation is Mario Primicerio, who interestingly is himself a former mayor of Florence. And we have Mario uh, with us today. Welcome, Mario. Hello. Hello, everybody. Great to have you. We're going to ask Mario a few questions about this book, about his experience, his personal experience with Giorgio Lapira. They go back a long way in this period of European history. And I'll let Joe lead off with a question. Yeah, thanks. Uh, Mario, let's start at the beginning. When, when and where did you meet Lapira? What were the circumstances? And where were you in your life? Were you a student at the time? Well, it's a long time ago. My first meeting with uh, Lapira was in the 50s. I was a mayor, uh, well, he was a mayor of Florence and he was quickly visiting a Catholic organization uh, which I was a member. He remained there only a few minutes and say the sentence that I still remember distinctly. Guys, from tomorrow, you have to pray with a globe on your bedside table. With these few words, he taught us that prayer must have an integral horizon and that each one of us should feel part of a universal journey whose ultimate goal is the encounter with the Father. That's what Lapira's theology 
of histories consists of. Ah, ah, lovely. Prayer with a globe on the table. I like that. Uh, and Mario, how, how did uh, Lapira appear to you when you first met him? How did he strike you? And, and how much did you know about him before you met him? Well, George Lapira was, uh, was uh, rather short with a big smile. He was always smiling. He had a typical Italian and even more Sicilian way of uh, speaking with gesture, uh, shaking his hands. He had a special charisma that immediately strikes his interlocutors. At the time, he, uh, we young people didn't know much about him, but we did know that as mayor, he had defended the weaker classes of the citizens by working hard. He had requisitioned empty houses to give them to temporarily to some homelesses. He had launched a program of economic and social housing as never been before. And uh, not uh, by creating a ghetto, uh, but a, a new Florentine neighborhood integrated with the other neighborhoods of the city. Let's not build houses. Let's build the city, he used to say. <laughs> he had uh, defended, in addition, he had defended the right to work and prevented the shutdown of a large Florentine industrial company and the dismissal of the 2,500 uh, workers. Remarkable. Let's not just build houses, let's build the city. What a wonderful yeah, phrase. Yeah, that's great, that's great. What was the main message of Lapira uh, and what was he able to share with others during those years, especially with the young people? We were told about a popular speech that he gave in the city council in which he defended his work against criticism from the right-wing parties. He had said, I will just quote, mm -hmm. dear councillors, I declare this to you with fraternal but decisive firmness. You have only one right in my regard, that of denying me your confidence, but you have no right to tell me, Mr. Mayor, you shouldn't care about people without work, fired or unemployed, <laughs> homeless, without assistance, old, sick, children, etc. This is my fundamental duty, a duty that must, does not allow for exceptions or discrimination. <laughs> so, uh, I think this this was the the uh, the what we knew about Lapira. This is this was the his statement in the in the city council has told us how he he uh, 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 interpreted the role 
of the mayor of the city. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also, he's very striking because he, he really became an international figure. And, and when, when did his interest in international issues, and during this time, this is the 1960s, this is Vietnam, uh, when did his commitment to building world peace uh, begin? Well, the, 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 his vocation for peace building started already in the, in the 50s. In, in 1955, he uh, invited a That's all right, we can fix this. Conference, sorry, I... No problem. He invited a mayor, major conference in Florence for the mayors of the world's capital cities. Uh, in the midst of Cold War, we were in mm. 1955. Mm -hmm. Western uh, mayors came, as well as those from Eastern country of Europe, including Soviet Union, the president of the Soviet of Moscow came, and even the mayor of Peking and uh, People's Republic of China was not even recognized by, by Western countries. And he said in this occasion that we are not, we the mayors, we are not the, the masters of these beautiful cities. These are treasures that we have, uh, that we are called upon to administer, nor are the generations that preceded us. Everything belongs to the generations to come. And we have the duty of preserve and enhance these treasures that we have received to borrow. And he said, the current generations have no right to destroy a patrimony that has been entrusted to them in view of future generations. These are assets that came down from past generation and were bequeathed to the present generations the ultimate beneficiaries of this legacy are the next generations. Cities throughout the world. This is, it was a, a very important claim. Cities throughout the world unanimously claim their inviolable right to exist. No one has the right, for whatever reason, to destroy them. This was a sufficient reason to be engaged in peace building. Very striking, very striking. Yeah, and on that, you, you, you journeyed with Lapira to Hanoi uh, in the 1960s. Uh, please, please tell us about that experience, which was really a peace mission, as I understand it. Well, it's a, it's a long story. But to make a, a long story short, I will just remind that uh, in 1965, uh, 
the Vietnam War was achieving huge proportions, more than uh, uh, 200,000 US soldiers were involved in the fight. And uh, in addition, there was an intense bombing, aerial bombing campaign. However, it was clear, it was absolutely clear that the problem could not be solved militarily. War is something that belongs to the past, said, uh, used to say Lapira. <laughs> uh, we can't solve completely new problems with ancient uh, methods. <laughs> uh, so in everybody in, at that time was claiming that the possible solution of the, this uh, war was to return to the sense, to the, 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 the essential, the essence of the uh, Geneva treaties that had concluded the war of the Vietnamese against the French colonialism in the, in 54. And these treaties were uh, stating that Vietnam in principle should be a, a unique nation and the Vietnamese should have the right of choose their own government. But if everybody was, accord, was in accord with these principles, why was it not possible to start immediately uh, negotiation or ceasefire. Well, the reason that uh, was seemed to be the main obstacle to that was the fact that uh, the US government said, well, we could not start negotiations because the Vietnamese uh, want to start negotiation only after all the US soldiers have been pulled out of Vietnam. But Lapira uh, was considering and studying all the official documents, and we never found a precise statement in this sense by the, by the Vietnamese. So he decided that the, the main thing, the most important thing at that moment was to meet directly uh, the Vietnamese people, the Vietnamese government, to understand if this condition was really a condition that was to be met before any start of negotiation, before the, the ceasefire. It was a very long and uh, a very uh, difficult trip. Uh, I think that uh, we spent one whole, one whole uh, day to fly from Beijing to Hanoi, and during the, the last part of the of the of the journey, uh, our small two engines, two propellers uh, airplane was escorted by the uh, Chinese uh, military uh, military uh, um, um, planes. Well. Uh, we had some preliminary 
talks with people of the uh, of the Vietnamese government, and finally, one day we met uh, Prime Minister Phan Van Dong and the President of Vietnam or North Vietnam, Ho Chi Minh. It was a long discussion in French because Lapira was speaking a good French and uh, although with Sicilian accent <laughs> and uh, and uh, and uh, Ho Chi Minh was speaking he was French French speaking all the the the, the leaders of North Vietnam were French speaking and finally and finally it was told by the Vietnamese that the um uh, there was a possibility that uh, the, the negotiation could start without, even without, with, with, even in presence of American troops in Vietnam. <laughs> Provided that, well, there were two main uh, prerequisites for that. First of all, uh, there was to the, the U.S. government should declare that they were disposed to withdraw the troops when the peace set the peace uh, negotiation end. And second thing, this uh, idea, this uh, decision of the Vietnamese government, should be kept confidential, absolutely confidential, mm -hmm. because otherwise it could be sort of, uh, of uh, uh, how to say, um, surrender to U.S. So the reason for this reason, after uh, we came back to Florence, I had to, to start and to, to fly to New York City because at that time, uh, Aminto de Fanfani was the uh, president of the General Assembly of United Nations. And Fanfani and Lapira were good friends uh, from, from, the, from the 40s, before, before the, the, the end of the World War II. And uh, I had to go there because Lapira could not go there without being uh, seen by, by journalists. So I went there, I exposed everything in very in, in detail, detail to, to Fanfani, and he had contacts with the uh, US administration. But some weeks after that, uh, in, a, in a journal in St. Louis Dispatch post, uh, the, the, the new appeared. So this was the, the end of this uh, attempt to to uh, put an end to the, the war, but think that eight years after the war uh, stopped exactly on the same conditions that Lapira had received wow. from Ho Chi Minh eight years before. Wow, well, wow. amazing. And, and Mario, I'm, I'm calculating, you must have been about 21, 22 years old as you were flying to New York to talk to Fanfani, something like that? Yes, yes. Uh, you were a young and, guy. Uh, you were a well, young guy. I, I, had, I had met Fanfani before because Lapira uh -huh. was visiting very, him very, very often in Rome. 
and I I was driving him to Rome, uh, oh. and and I was accompanying him to see Fanfani. Well, Fanfani's family was a, a very nice family. He had uh, many children. He had a a wife, which he which was a a very very nice person, and she loved. Lapira passionately, <laughs> I would say. He, he, she considered Lapira as a saint. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and he, she was really, really a fan of Lapira. Yeah. yeah. So, so he was an influence, would you say, in the Italian political community uh, in those years? <sighs> well, in general, Lapira had relations and uh, uh, mutual esteem and friendship with many, many politicians of the Christian Democratic Party. The, the Gasperi, uh, Fanfani, Moro, Andreotti, even when their positions were different. Uh, Lapira was undersecretary for labor in uh, in the the Gasperi the Gasperi uh, cabinet, and uh, uh, the Gasperi offered him to become minister, but Lapira refused uh, in this disagreement with the conservative right wing line of the party. But they remained close close friends, and uh, another another well Fanfani was. Uh, the best friend of Lapira for 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 decades, but uh, there, there's an, another episode that I uh, witnesses the deep admiration by another important the, the Christian Democrat leader Aldo Moro. Uh, Aldo Moro was really uh, had really a deep. Uh, uh, he he he. Uh, when when he was prisoner of the Red Brigades, Red Brigades, yeah. Yes, he wrote to to his wife uh, and said, "I am praying Lapira to assist me in this very difficult moment." Mm -hmm. Lapira wow. had had died uh, one year before. And and Lapira had also well. There is an old, another episode which is very interesting. Lapira had very good relationship also with people of other parties. There was the 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 the, the, the secretary of the Communist Party, mm -hmm. Palmiro Tognati. His name his first name was Palmiro, and so Lapira every year sent him a letter of greetings for the Palm Sunday. Because you, you, your name is Palmiro, that means that this is your, uh, the, uh, your, your first day. And the, the replies by Togliatti, who understood, of course, he, he was an atheist, but he was also fascinated by the deep faith of Lapira. Lapira was a really 
had a, a, a profound faith, mm -hmm. but he was not a clerical. Yeah. Did not uh, try to, uh, he, his, his, his faith was overflowing from him. Mm -hmm. It was not something artificial. And he also, once, once he visited uh, Moscow in 59, he was meeting the Soviet, the Supreme Soviet, and uh, he spoke of uh, of the uh, of the Madonna, of uh, in f in face of them, and this this <laughs> did not disturb them because <laughs> it was something natural. Who, as I said, in some sense, overflowed from him. Yeah, <laughs> Mario, what? What lessons, you were mayor, as Elias said in the intro, you were also mayor of Florence. What, what lessons did Lapira give to you about being mayor? And what, what did you learn from him about how to be mayor? And, and how can those, what are those lessons for other mayors and other public officials around the world? Well, Lapira lessons, uh, Lapira's lesson, for anyone involved in, in the leadership of a city, be it large or small one, has a very simple starting point. The mayor is the mayor of all citizens, of those who voted for him and those who did not. But, but he is still the mayor namely the defender, this is the etymology of the work, of the word, sorry. He, he is still the mayor of all those who can't speak loud enough to be heard, or they don't have shoulders strong enough to find some space in society. And then he is the guardian of a heritage, the city, which past generations have built and which does not belong to the administrator and not even to today's citizens. Like the whole earth, it belongs to the generation to come. Those deserving a word of justice, a word of peace and fraternity. And for them, we must do it better than what we have found. But it is interesting that in uh, um, last month, there was a delegation of Italian mayors who went to visit Pope Francis, mm -hmm. because it is clear that the, there is an extraordinary symphony with uh, uh, what uh, Pope Francis is uh, spreading in these days. And these mayors went to, to visit the Pope and brought to them as a gift uh, something that uh, I gave them uh, because they wanted to, to, to give to the Pope. You know that usually when people come to, to see the Pope and, and bring him some uh, presents, 
all these presents are put somewhere. You, mm-hmm. you never, you'll never know where. <laughs> but in this case, this small present the males uh, brought to him from Lapira, he, he said, this I will keep with me on my desk. Ah, ah. Very nice. Very nice. Wonderful. Um, that, that was a wonderful introduction to the book, The Power of Hope, Giorgio Lapira, Story and Images of a Life. The text is by Ricardo Clemente, and it is coming from both the Lapira Foundation uh, in Florence and Solidarity Hall. Mario, thank you very much for this conversation. And Joe, thank you for inspiring us to do it. Delighted, 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 Mario, for for working with us over these two years. Very grateful as well to bring this uh, really beautiful biography uh, with lots of pictures. Yes. Um, and in, in those pictures, I think in some ways you can see the, the sanctity of Lapira, but you can also, of course, see those quintessentially Sicilian gestures as well as he's, he's talking with people. So thank you for, for working with us to bring this, um, this text to an English-speaking audience around the world. Let's thank also Francesca Giglio today, who gave us some help with translating uh, Italian to English, did a great job. So watch uh, in the coming months from Solidarity Hall, and uh, we think you will love uh, this recovered piece of uh, European and uh, Christian history. Thanks all. Thank you.